right, we're rolling. We are rolling. All right. So welcome all who are listening. This is Sports Pub Banter. Let's pub it up. I'm Jimmy, alongside Jack. Uh, Harrison is another OG member, but he is not here currently. He is taking care of family matters. Harry, we love you, buddy. Love him. Lo- always Good job love. Playing nurse. Much love. Shout out Bob, Bobby K. He's the man. Best meteorologist. Yeah, best meteorologist t- in the capital region of New York State. Oh, you can't tell me otherwise. I would say in the world. I'll put him up against Ernie Anastas any day. <laughs> Same here. Jack. Yeah, you don't know who that is, you Boston. I'm just, I'm just trying to fit in. Yo, we have meteorologists up in Boston that would blow your mind. So this being the inaugural run, we try to get all three of us together, but things happen, so it's just Jack and I. Uh, in the future, expect us to be all together, maybe even with some guests, and honestly, maybe some individual podcasts ourselves, because we all share a common in sports, but we also have our own sports that we are majors in. So, yeah. I'm excited for it this. It really is a full circle for me and you, Jim, going back five, six years ago at the uh, Marist College radio station to come back and do something like this. It's uh, it's fun, and uh, it's an exciting uh, opportunity. Yeah, Jack and I, we were part of WMAR Marist Radio. We climbed up the rankings. We were involved with this that club starting freshman year of college where we became friends, and then we just worked up each way. We did radio shows, then we took... Uh, we were chair members on the club, then we did broadcastings together. I mean, Jack and I are used to this stuff, so this this is nothing new for us. We love doing this. Any, this is like what we're passionate about. Any chance we get, we're, uh, we're happy to get our hands dirty. Um, so, Jim, plenty of stuff to uh, discuss right now in the sporting world. Um, three, out, three out of four major sports are in full swing. Baseball regular season got off to a hot start a few weeks ago. Uh, basketball and That's hockey right. close to the playoffs. Uh, controversial That's soccer right, league gained and then lost steam <laughs> this week. Uh, more on that to come, I'm sure, in later podcasts. Um, but we do oh, yeah. have maybe the most sacred off-season sporting event in America next Thursday night, a week from now, and that is the 2021 NFL Draft live from Cleveland, Ohio. That is right, Jack. That is right. I'm excited for it, honestly. Everything seems like it's all up in the air. Like, especially with focusing in on our teams, on who's going to get who. For the most part, a lot of people agree, and a lot of people don't. There's always, it, that's what's so good about the leading up to the draft. You have no idea who you're going to get. You, ha- you may have an idea, but then come draft day, changes. Absolutely. Um, always changes. Definitely a lot, of, a lot up in the air for sure. Um, we hear so much about... Uh, quarterback classes um, in drafts recently that used to come about every five or ten years now it seems it's much more common you look back to 2017 with uh, Patrick Mahomes Mitch Trubisky yeah. and then uh, 2018 we have Josh Allen and Sam Darnold um, you know it just seems to yeah. get and it seems to get become more and more common as the offensive style switches um, but certainly a quarterback heavy draft class this year and it starts at the top with Trevor Lawrence yeah, Trevor Lawrence is the biggest news. Obviously, with, with his scenario, unless there's a crazy trade that happens, we know where he's going. We absolutely know where he's going to be at. There's That won't be a shock to anybody. But here's the true you know, question. Like, Will he live in an RV like his Jacksonville predecessor, Gardner Minshew? 
Oh, if he doesn't, then he's not in Jacksonville. <laughs> he should get traded. You have to maintain a certain image down there in uh, Duval. The thing is, I uh, I like Gardner Minshew. I feel that Urban Meyer can mold that guy into something so much better. But when you're the number one pick overall, and there's a talent like Trevor Lawrence out there, how can you skip out on that? Like, how can you? It would uh, it would be hard to convince me otherwise. And uh, going back to your point on Urban Meyer, I just am anxious to see what this man can do in the NFL. Certainly a uh, college legend, um, winning national championships at Florida and Ohio State, almost winning one with Utah um, almost 20 years ago. Um, but certainly a guy that is unproven at the professional stage, and uh, time will tell if he uh, can produce at the uh, next level. Um, but certainly um, expecting to see Trevor Lawrence off the board at one uh, to Jacksonville. Um, their first um, first overall pick, uh, I believe, in franchise history, so certainly an interesting story there. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think that comes surprise to anyone. He's going to be number one overall. I think Urban Myers even said that that's the guy. And even though it's funny, I saw an article that when Trevor Lawrence he just got married, Jacksonville fans sent him a bunch of gifts. And now Trevor Lawrence is donating to the Jacksonville community, which is awesome. So, like, if the biggest disappointment to come to the draft is if somehow Jacksonville drops the ball on that. Which I hope they don't. Cause shout out to my boy, Joe Giles Harris, plays for Jacksonville. I want them to be good. Want him to be successful. And Trevor Lawrence can definitely turn that team's luck around. For a team that was in the 2017 AFC Championship, just minutes from the Super Bowl, uh, certainly a fall from grace. But you have to think that a guy like Trevor Lawrence can help bring them back to the promised land for sure. Um, yeah, moving down the list um, to number two, uh, the New York Jets. Um, stunningly losing the first, I believe, 11 games of last season. They seem to be destined for Trevor Lawrence. And then what did the Jets do? In typical fashion, they win two games, taking themselves out of the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. But maybe a solid backup option at number two there with uh, Zach, maybe Zach Wilson. Yeah, I think Zach Wilson would be great for this. I think, I think Zach Wilson's a very good quarterback. I think he can make a huge impact in the league. But the problem is with that, like, it's the Jets. The, the Jets just have nothing going for them. And, like, I want, you know, I don't hate the Jets at all. I'm a Giants fan, obviously. I don't hate the Jets at all. And I hope them the best. But for some reason, they have this dark cloud over them. Even when they get these good draft picks, they always find ways to fail. And even, like, last season, their goal, at one point, fans' goals were like, all right, lose out, first-round pick. They somehow found a way to ruin it. <laughs> it really is uh, uncanny, um, the New York Jets' ability to uh, pull off stunts like that. And you really do, when you think about um, the Jets' history of drafting quarterbacks, uh, it's relatively limited. Uh, when you think back to Mark Sanchez um, and Chad Pennington, those were probably the two best uh, quarterbacks the Jets ever drafted. Um, thinking back to Vinny Testaverde, yeah. who, was, uh, who was traded to the Jets, going back to Neil O'Donnell, Kenny O'Brien... You know, they haven't produced a lot of quarterbacks over the last, you know, 30, 35, 40 years. And they get these talents that are, like, supposed to be stars in the league, and then they just drop, they fail, Like at least with them. For instance, like Adams, I mean, Adams was a shining star in the Jets, but Adams is a fierce competitor. So what does he go and do? He leaves and goes to a better team. Just made the playoffs for the first time in his career with Seattle. 
Like, these guys are not, they don't enjoy the Jets. And the Jets got to figure something out. And I think it starts with the top, like, top of the management team there. They got to be invested in the team. They can't keep messing around and just, you know, getting these talent and then doing nothing with them. Like, it's insane. Certainly a bit of a uh, snake bit in franchise for sure. Um, and it will be interesting to see what they do uh, up there at number two. Uh, then it gets a little Jack, interesting. I have a question for you. It gets a little interesting at I number three, Jim. We got the 49ers um, who traded up into the third pick, um, uh, right. trade from the Dolphins, originally from the Texans. Um, so, what do you think there? So with that, I, so I do have a question for you because I was just thinking about this. Just, Justin Fields came out recently and said that he has epilepsy, which personally I know about epilepsy. I, I never had it, but family member of mine. Has it or had it? Grew out of it, thankfully. It's uh, it's nothing to mess with. Uh, do you think that drops his draft value? Um, you know, I don't think it does anything to his draft value. Uh, from what I hear, this is something that he's been dealing with for a long time, and uh, the symptoms aren't what they used to be. Um, for for Fields, um, so I think uh, he's found a way not to deal with that um condition um in a pretty high profile um job. When you think about uh, what he's been able to do at Ohio State, um, and then eventually now in the uh, NFL, um, so it sounds like something he has a uh, control of for sure, which is which is great. It's a scary condition, but it's I'm glad to hear that he's doing he's doing pretty good with it. Yeah, if they if he can, you know, find a way for it to not. I mean, because it's it's different with people. Some people trigger it easily with seizures. Some people aren't. So. I hope this doesn't affect his career because as much as I hate Ohio State, he's a great quarterback. He will do great for the teams, whatever team he goes for. Uh, and with, you know, the third pick being San Francisco, Jimmy G's there, but there's a big possibility Fields can go there. What do you think about that? Well, it's certainly been uh, tossed around, the idea of a Justin Fields or maybe a quarterback a little farther down the uh, draft board, maybe a Mac Jones um, going to San Francisco, but... It's strange that uh, John Lynch, the uh, GM out there, continues to hammer home the point that Jimmy Garoppolo um, is staying in San Francisco this year. And it seems that they are, are sort of exploring you know, potential options for the future um, beyond Jimmy Garoppolo. And um, I wish I could complain about it, but that would be a tad uh, hypocritical um, being a Patriots fan. Um, and with Jimmy Garoppolo sitting behind Tom Brady for four years. So I'm going to keep my mouth shut on that one. But um, it's very intriguing to see uh, what they've done so far um, with that number three pick and uh, the likelihood that they will use that on a quarterback. Yeah, it'll be interesting. And if they go with the quarterback at that point, I mean, if you're Jimmy G, what do you think about this move? Like, It's either A, you're extra motivated to be successful, or B, like a lot of there's you know times that this happened, you shut down and then you just don't play as well as you should. So at the end of the day, Jimmy G's a pretty decent quarterback. Can I say great? No, I can't. I mean, yeah, they got he got his team to the Super Bowl, lost in the Super Bowl. But I mean, like, was it really all like was he a huge impact on that Super Bowl running team? It depends who you ask. I, I mean, I'm a team I'm a team player where everyone had to do their part to get there and get to the dance. But a lot of people are like, no, Jimmy G didn't. could have done a lot more with that team, and he didn't. Yeah, certainly um, a lot up in the air there. Uh, you wonder, was it more Jimmy Garoppolo? Was it the running game? I remember Raheem Mostert in the NFC Championship against Green Bay that year 
2019 going off. I think he had four touchdowns. He had over 200 yards on the ground. Um, you know, certainly a little bit of help um, for the quarterback there. But um, certainly he's no pushover. He's a good, he's a serviceable NFL quarterback and then some, uh, certainly not an all-pro, but someone, uh, someone you'd want to have on the 53-man roster um, if you're an NFL team. Um, moving a little bit farther down the list here. Um, yeah, speaking of 20, uh, 28 to 3, Jack, uh, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons at number four. You know, they haven't been the same since 28 to 3. I'm sure you'd agree. No, no, no. They, they have not. They, 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 they are not the dirty birds that they once used to be. They are just birds at this point. Yeah, you wonder where to start with this Falcons team. Um, Matty Ryan. Still chugging along. This will be his 14th NFL season coming up here. He started pretty much all, all along the way of those 14 years. Um, and still some offensive weapons. Um, but this team just seems to be lost on defense. Um, I'd like to see an upgrade maybe at defensive back. Um, perhaps at like outside linebacker, that sort of thing. Like Rebuilding the defense piece by yeah. piece will help you get back uh, to where you were before. I think you're seeing it with your Giants who have been upgrading the defense for a couple of years now, and it's finally one of the better units in the league. Yeah, I agree. But, and, you know, the problem is with, like, you know, speaking with, like, the Giants situation, sometimes you go heavy on one area and other areas lack. And, you know, with the Falcons, when you watch them, they, they struggle all around. And I know that they have the loyalty towards some of the players there, which I, I am for that, and I like that. I mean, Giants were like that with Eli, even at the bitter end of his career, where he wasn't the same. But, you know, change has to happen. And if you're struggling and there's no change, then what do you expect to get better out of not having a change? So Falcons, I think, really need to ball out in the draft for them to get back to where they need to be. Because, you know, 28-3, to 3, they haven't been the same. They, them, like the Jets, have had this dark, stormy cloud over their head. And it just hasn't... It, it's been horrible for them. Like they, they just they can't shake that off. Is that now nowadays everyone's gonna say, Oh, they're the team that blew the biggest lead in the Super Bowl. Which is true. And now they gotta find a way to shake that off. And it's and I'm not saying it's you know, gonna happen in one day. Rome wasn't built in one day. But they gotta start making steps toward getting better. And it has to start with this draft. Right. Yeah, certainly gonna be a a, a slow climb, um, with the Falcons when you think about uh, that division, the NFC South, the defending champion Buccaneers, uh, the Saints, um, probably still going to be a dangerous team, even with the retirement of Drew Brees. I don't see that team getting much worse. Um, Carolina gets Christian McCaffrey, a healthy McCaffrey back. Um, certainly a lot to think about um, with the with the Falcons there. It might be a slow rebuild uh, down in Atlanta. Going down to number five, we have the Cincinnati Bengals, um, who are going to get Joe Burrow back, uh, the LSU standout and That's Heisman Trophy winner. Uh, from several years ago, suffered an injury last year, missed the last several games of the season, but he's going to be back, locked and loaded. They got a new look up there in Cincinnati. Uh, lots to be excited about for the Bengals this year. Yeah, and I got the jersey changes too, which is pretty cool. I mean, whether they're ugly or not, the jerseys. I mean, they're they're trying to like they're trying to change their organization around bit by bit with the, even the little things, which is good. Get this new swagger in this team. This team could. This team has potential to be good. Yeah, they lost AJ Green, but that's okay. Build around this young quarterback, Joey Football. He will. He he'll he'll do what he has to do. He's a very athletic kid. I I, I have hope in him. 
But now the team has to step up with him. Because if it's one guy stepping up and the other just others just plateauing, then it's not going to look good for the Bengals. And now an old lineman I think would be good start with the first round of the draft. Yeah, when you talk about a guy like Joey Burrow who uh, spent a lot of time on the ground last year um, as he you know, adjusted to being a rookie in the league, but to your point, probably didn't have the best offensive line in the world um, backing him up. Um, the Bengals also that's, got that's thinner like, on defense, losing uh, Geno Atkins, the 10-year veteran defensive tackle, uh, to free agency. So yeah. another loss there on the front four um, is not going to help matters any. Yeah, they got to start getting a bit of swagger to them because if they don't get this swagger to them, no one's going to want to play there. When you're just a dull team that doesn't play good, what's the you know who's excited to go there? And then say like with the draft, you go to that team, and the, you're as dull as you are. How are you going to get this new the new players motivated? Yeah, certainly a, like a great point. How are you going to make them motivated? Um, yeah. So the motivation's key. So these guys they they're gonna have they're gonna build around a young team, which I think is good. But they got they they got to bring more intensity. And you know, and I think Joey Football is going to be the leader of that charge. And I, I hope the best for the Bengals. Honestly, my hopes how high? Not so high, to be honest. But you never know. Every you know, every given Sunday, Jack. Any given Sunday, great movie, El Pacino, um, and a mantra for life. Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. All right. Well, certainly a lot to think about for the Bengals there as they shoot for their first playoff win since 1990. Um, going back to number six now, we got the Miami Dolphins. Um, certainly a uh, controversial um, trade from the Philadelphia Eagles. If you go back to week 17 of the regular season when the Eagles seemed to give up uh, against Washington in the last game of the season for yep. draft picks, only to trade that top six pick away, uh, certainly a curious decision. But um, going back to Miami, certainly a lot to think about with the Dolphins and the end of last year with the uh, Nearly, nearly making the playoffs, missing out at 10-6, and six, but certainly a team that's on the rise in the AFC East. Yeah, and you know, and on a personal level, I hate you, Philadelphia Eagles. I hate you guys. That took the Giants out of playoff contention, but it's okay. It's all right. I, I'm not going to hold it against them, except I am, but... <laughs> they uh they 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 played a smart move because they hate they hate the Giants so much that they're like you know what we're not winning this game and it'll still be a win for us. But yeah, with this trade going to the Dolphins, it's a good move for the Dolphins, honestly. Uh, Dolphins could use some talent. They're kind of like a lost soul, I feel sometimes. The Dolphins, and you know, a big thing I feel for them is getting a skill player. Getting a skilled player on their team could be a, a big help. Yeah, somebody for Tua to sort of chum it up with. Uh, no more Fitzy anymore. He's off to Washington. Um, but this is Tua Tagovailoa's team now, and uh, you're going to have to put yeah. the places in, the pieces in around him uh, to make him successful at this young age. Yeah, no, and if you get more skill around him, granted, I mean, like everything else, me being a former offensive lineman, the line's a big thing. But if you can get a young, skilled player a uh, player on the offensive side to work with Ty Tuvaloa. Like, think about the connection that that can build. I mean, like top ten draft pick, you get a super skillful guy. 
and you get Ty with him, that could be an unstoppable duo. And that's big things when quarterbacks and, like, receivers or even running backs. You got a skillful guy, both young quarterback and a skill position, they, they could take over. And it could be almost impossible to stop them. It could be. If they're getting a guy like that that's really dynamic, maybe the Dolphins could maybe make a challenge at Buffalo for the uh, division championship. We'll see what happens down there in South Florida. Um, we'll move down a few picks here, Jim. I don't want to uh, put our uh, put our many, many fans to sleep yeah, yeah, or anything. Course. But I do see the New York Giants at number 11. Um, Giants coming oh, but off what do you see before season. that? Um, certainly a season of improvement. Um, competitive yeah. in a lot of games. Uh, the wins were up from 2019. Um, certainly a lot to look forward to. Is this the year the Giants take that next step and get closer to the playoffs? You know what? I, uh, I always go into Giants seasons with the highest regard. And you know this. I mean, you and I talk crap all the time when it comes to football. Wait, really? We do? To a point, like, you know what? There's some people that are listening <laughs> to this that don't know that. So we got to let them know that. I mean, you and I go back and forth all the time. And the big thing with the Giants in the past, it's been with Gettleman getting the big guys. And, you know, good. I like that. But when you draft big guys that don't do anything, and like that, you just give me a migraine. I want to put my head through a wall every Sunday. But you know what? Uh, this, for a lot of the mock drafts I've seen, I've kind of been happy with what I've been seeing. Uh, a lot of them are saying skill position. It's like half and half. Some are saying skill position. Some are saying defense, which either or I'll be okay with. But there's two guys on my mind that I feel we can get, both Alabama guys, Smith or Waddle. One of those guys, match them up with Danny Dimes. Then you get Young Shep on that team. Like That could be a really good offensive threat. And then, I mean, draft, some, draft O-line. And, you know, Gettleman, he says he's an O-line guy, but he's not at the end of the day. Let's, like, let's get someone who knows about the O-line to get into Gettleman's ear, and let's draft some more offensive line. Because if we can get guys on that front that can just block, Daniel Jones will look like a new man, I guarantee it. And it does kind of go back to the uh, conversation we were having earlier with uh, with Joe Burrow. Put some, uh, put some big guys in front of that quarterback and – you never know what could happen. Yeah, I mean, because at this point, a lot of Giant fans are like, oh, I don't know about Danny Dimes. I don't know about Danny Dimes. Well, every, when Eli started, everyone's like, oh, I don't know about this Manning kid. And look what happened. Two Super Bowls. You know a lot about that, Trevor. I do. I know too much about it. Um, but you're, you're, you so nail like your if, point home. So, I, you know, get the big men. But, you know, if we can get a super skill guy on the offensive side, Get young Danny Dimes with a young Smith or Waddle. That could be big. If we could start playing more, like our offense could be playing a lot better. But with, on the, with the point of the big men, make sure that we get good big men later on in the draft. Because we need it. Giants need it. It's been an issue for years. But skill position first. I think that would be a big thing for us, and that would bring a lot of swagger back to our team. Certainly uh, would be a nice place to start uh, for the Giants, who are trying to get back in the playoffs for the first time since 2016. Um, moving down a little bit here to number 15 is the New England Patriots, uh, coming off a 7-9 and season, their first losing season in 20 years. 
Um, certainly a lot of carousel talk with the quarterback, Cam Newton. Uh, can he get the job done? Uh, was it? Well, Jack, don't be surprised if the Patriots trade up. I could see them trade up and go for, like, Mac Jones. Well, that, see, I, I hear you on that, Jim. But in all these years, 21 years of Bill Belichick um, as head coach of the Patriots, not once has he traded up. Uh, for a quarterback, even uh, the Jimmy Garoppolo year. And, of course, he hasn't had the trade up for a quarterback, um, given the guy that was in New England for so long. He plays down at Tampa Bay now. But, uh, you know, certainly um, that's uncharted territory for Bill Belichick. I'm not going to rule it out, but um, certainly going in there. Uh, I wouldn't. Uh, taking it with a grain of salt. Let's be real, Jack. I know you, you are a Patriots lover, always and forever. But... You, do you think Cam Newton's the guy that can turn this ship around? Here's what I think about Cam Newton. I think uh, his best days are behind him. I think yes. he had the worst receiving core in the NFL last year. Um, when you think about okay. Julian Edelman missing pretty much the whole season uh, and then retiring. Um, but then, really, for most of the season, your primary receiver is Jacoby Myers. Um, your tight ends... Um, uh, Izzo and uh, Matt Lacasse and Devin Asiasi, two of two of which were uh, rookies um, who you know had no experience in the system, um, and certainly now with the pieces they've put in place on offense, I'm talking about Nelson Aguilar, uh, I'm talking about James White coming back, um, you know guys like that that can really come in and make a difference. Hunter Henry at tight end is another one. Um, Johnny Smith, the tight end from Tennessee. Um, there are more pieces in place now. For a guy like Ken Newton to come in and succeed, um, I'd like to see what he does uh, with uh, a normal offseason, with a normal training camp. Uh, I think there is potential there, um, untapped potential um, for Cam Newton. Um, but would I like to see us draft a quarterback? Yes, of course I would. Um, I think uh, Fox Pro is a great place to sit back and learn for a year. Um, and if Cam Newton does go down with an injury, we know he's been injury prone throughout his career. Um that uh, a guy that can come in and get the job done, Tom Brady style. Now, with the the season coming up, if it, if it goes almost the same way, or it does go the same way as it did last year, is this bye bye Belichick? No, no. I think uh, Bill Belichick has too much um, respect from Robert Kraft for Kraft to ever fire him. But an interesting tidbit there: uh, Bill Belichick said back in the day that he would never. Um, he wouldn't want to be like uh, Marv Levy coaching into his 70s. Well, he just turned 69. So maybe his perspective has changed a little bit. Maybe he's comfortable coaching into that older age. But that's something to think about. He may choose to call it quits before anybody fires him, per se. Well, I think, I think uh, you know, he has something to prove now. So I think he might go over 70 because of the fact that he wants to prove that he can coach and not have Brady. I think that's it's the big reason. Brady- I think that's the big reason why he didn't sign a quarterback in free agency. I think he chose to bring in these offensive skill players to prove, uh, especially to the media, that um, he was right in bringing Cam Newton back. Yeah, I guess you know only time will tell. But I think in this draft, the best thing for the Pats to do is I, if I was a Pats fan, I would not have trust in Newton. But what I would do is trade up. Get Mac Jones. I feel that would be a perfect mold for for Belichick. Get Belichick's mindset in that kid's head. And Jack, who knows? You guys could be back in the playoffs again this year if you go that route. We could. I think we got a shot. We got a shot either way. Um, but 
It's a tough to sit. It's a uh, tough uh, division. Um, you know, Buffalo is obviously the favorite. Miami's probably a little ahead of us right now. Uh, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be a tough slog. Um, but I think there's a shot for uh, the Patriots up there um, in New England. Um, moving down here later into the first round, um, the Washington Football Team at number 19. Um, recently acquired quarterback Ryan Fitzy Fitzpatrick going in his 16th NFL season. Hard to believe it's been that long. Um, and he's on his 84th NFL team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and and no Pro Bowls. So goal is let's get him in the Pro Bowl and then he can go in the Hall of Fame. You know, he's getting he's getting all my votes. Um, but that's an interesting get team, too. Talk too. about a team that came out of nowhere last year. Uh, a, a team that was in organizational turmoil uh, following the uh, the scandals surrounding owner Dan Snyder. Um, the name change, you know, 2020 was not um, supposed to be uh, a formative year for this Washington football team. And yet there they are winning the NFC East and uh, hosting a playoff game so, despite, you know, finishing 7-9. and nine. But um, they still, you know, fair and yeah, square so won the, the division. And uh, this is a team to look at, be on the lookout for this year. So the team with no name, right? They, they really shattered the glass ceiling. They, no one had hope going into last season that they would do anything, especially now they lost their uh, their name. They have no name. So going into that season, everyone's like, oh, you know, all the turmoil that they got with the getting rid of their original name, and you know. Who knows what talent they have. They have a quarterback that has one leg. Alex Smith, shout out to you. Great career. Really yes, yes, shout out. Shattered expectations. But they you know, they had potential. And they you know, they weren't a great team, but they showed a lot of potential. Which they you know, division rival to my Giants. But I had to, you know, applaud them. Because they, they fought every game. They fought. They they are a gritty team which is unbelievable because they weren't a team that had the greatest talent besides Chase Young. And now they're a big talk in this offseason. It's like, okay, the, ta- like the talent's there, the potential's there, so what's next season going to look like? And obviously, you know, with potential, there is things that they need to improve on and positions that need to be filled. And here we go again, like, a, you know, a lot of the other teams, let's start with that O-line. That O-line, if they get a good draft pick, in the you know, and they go for offensive line, that could be a game changer for them. Certainly a lot to think about there for Washington. A lot of areas of improvement uh, that need to be addressed. Um, but, you know, like we said, a, a playoff team from last year, we'll see if they can keep that going into 2021. Uh, moving down the board a little bit, down to number 22, we have the Tennessee Titans, a team that has really come on the rise in the last couple of years um, after uh, being really being in um, playoff exile for about a decade. Um, but an early exit in the playoffs last year, they got bested by the mm-hmm. Baltimore Ravens at home in the wild card round. Um, and, you know, a couple of key losses the last couple of years, they lost uh, Jack Conklin, their left tackle, to uh, the Cleveland Browns, and then losing uh, tight end John New Smith to New England um, this offseason. Uh, it seems like this team is losing more than they're gaining, um, but does head coach Mike Rabel have enough on that roster to keep the, keep his team atop the AFC South? So th- they're the, this team that you just got to love. They're not, they, you know, Rabel's there. 
They didn't have much going for them. They get Tannehill, who was a flop over in Miami. But then they, they their grittiness turned it around. They're the they're the working man's team in the NFL, hands down. It's like let's you sign guys like Will Compton to the team who's the working man in the NFL. And then like but they, they have the potential. Their offensive line is strong, especially when you get Taylor Lewan there. Or honestly, I think he's the, the best lineman in the league. Anyone can argue that with me. I'll, I'll stick up for him. Shout out to Michigan. They have, they have, I mean, they have the potential and they have the skill to get to the playoffs. Now what they got to do is they got to exceed that glass ceiling and move up. Because they almost, they were so close to, to the Super Bowl. Oh, painfully close. Two years ago. They were so close. If they, you know, and they just in reach. Literally in the playoffs, they, they like them in the Super Bowl, they fell a yard short. They did, yeah. Right, going in a, the going to Arrowhead there in the AFC Championship game and going up uh, 10 points in the first half. And, you know, you, you just wondered when Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs would get it going. And, of course, they eventually did. But um, certainly last year, a little bit of a disappointment for Tennessee um, losing in the wild card round. We'll see if they can right the ship this year and get to that next level and get back to yeah. the Super Bowl for the first time I, since 1999. I, I think they – I think they can do it too. I mean, they they're a gritty team. They're tough. They, you know, nothing's given to that team. What you see is all heart and potent like all all the heart and determination to be successful. That that is a close-knit group. And, you know, with any like with their positions now, they just need to do little modifications, like maybe add a defensive player, maybe add to that powerful O-line. You know, maybe even a little skill position. Who knows? Like little things, and I think that with how close that they are and how motivated they are to succeed, and that hunger to win, they they can do anything. They can they can make they can make it far in the playoffs. You know, with, with the right mindset, you could probably see the underdogs on top and make it into the Super Bowl. Winning the Super Bowl this this upcoming year, no matter what happens, far fetched. It's hard hard to imagine the Titans doing that. Because I feel they still need to build up before they can even be talked about playing in the Super Bowl, but this team always, you know, always exceeds expectations. So don't be surprised. Yeah, definitely um, a team to be on the lookout for. Certainly one of the favorites um, in the AFC going into this season, despite the early exit last year. Um, moving down a little bit more here, we go to number twenty-six in the first round, almost uh, almost to the end here. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, and this was a team that I thought really suffered. Um, they suffered from a, a rule that was called correctly, but it's just a crappy rule, and it's the um, the touchdown um, that was fumbled in the end zone against the Chiefs in the divisional round last year that under the NFL rulebook was called back um, as a turnover in favor of the Chiefs, which who uh, gained the ball at their own 20-yard line. Again, I hated the rule. I thought it killed their momentum. They were playing a great game against a team that was heavily favored, um, but sorry for the rant. Rant over. But... Uh, this is a team that won 11 games last year uh, and made it to the playoffs for the first time since 2002. Uh, first playoff win since 1994. Um, big strides being made in Cleveland right now, and it starts with Baker Mayfield and all his receivers. I am ride or die for Baker Mayfield. I'm just saying that right now. I always knew he could do it. I, I, I still know he can do it. He can bring this team into new levels. He... The, the offensive side is so skillful. Problem is you got two like two guys that are number one guys. 
one of them has to be the number one. The other has to fall to number two. And it's funny, you know, with Odell, I feel that they struggle more. And then when Odell's out, they're playing perfect. So they have to figure that, that out, which I think they can. But as long as there's no crying or complaining about, oh, I'm not getting the ball, this and that, they'll, they'll be okay. The defense side, they have a good defense. I still think they can improve on that, maybe get a linebacker or something. But I, I am so confident in this Cleveland Browns team. I am ride or die Baker Mayfield all the way, no matter what Colin Coward says. I am for Baker. But he is the man. Is Baker Mayfield better at playing quarterback in the NFL than he is at um, filming progressive commercials? It's a tough question because he's phenomenal at both. He, you know, he the acting career is building up. But I think right now he's top as the quarterback right now. And he's only going to get better. He's young. He's a young guy. But he's, he's so hungry. He's probably the hungriest player in the league. He hasn't eaten in a while. He just turned 26 years old, um, going into his fourth NFL season now. Hard to believe he's been around uh, that long. But um, certainly uh, QB1 um, out there on Lake Erie and uh, trying to take another um, – Big step forward this year after a really encouraging season in 2020 um, for the Browns. If the fire's still there, which it, it is always, then expect huge things out of Cleveland. They'll make a huge push. I guarantee it. They'll make a huge yeah, push. Yeah, I do think this is the year they finally uh, leapfrog Pittsburgh in the standings. We saw what happened in the playoff game last year where they got out to maybe the best start in NFL playoff history, going up 28 nothing um, in the first in yeah. the first quarter, I believe, of that game. Um, but I think this is the year they finally get past Pittsburgh and maybe challenge Baltimore for the AFC North title. I think they have what it takes um, to get the job done um, up there in Cleveland. Um, moving down a little bit here to number 28, we have the New Orleans Saints, who are coming off an interesting season, one that ultimately ended at the hands of Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the divisional playoff game last year. Uh, Drew Brees, of course, retired, um, hanging him up after... Uh, an extraordinary 20-year uh, career. Um, all the best to uh, Mr. Breeze and his family. But ultimately, the show goes on. Love you, and it Drew. looks like Taysom Hill may be the new QB1 for the New Orleans Saints. Well, I think he should. Obviously, the big talk is like it might be Jameis, but don't go that route. If, you know, he has to prove himself. I think Taysom Hill at quarterback, when playing when Breeze was down, he played very good. He did. And, you know, this is the whole... Swiss Army knife thing for him, it's a short thing that had to be lived. Just like how like Edelman back in the day was that playing both sides of the ball. This guy's playing every position on offensive side. This is when Taysom Hill's gonna separate himself and get himself in the starting QB one role. I think Jameis would be a very good backup. Honestly, I I don't think he proved anything as a starter. He might have had a year or two where he showed like maybe some promise, but he fell off. And I think Taysom Hill is hungry and super athletic, probably the most athletic guy in the NFL, you can argue. that he. I think this is going to be his team. Get this young quarterback who can do anything. Get him in behind the center and let magic happen. Offensive side of the ball is great. I think uh, you get that defense built up a little bit more, that team's going to be unstoppable. Yeah, to your point, Jim, I think um, 
Taysom Hill, when you think about his skill set and what he brings to the table as a quarterback based on his, you know, Swiss Army role with the Saints, like, he really is a lot like a Lamar Jackson, you know, in his ability to escape the pocket yeah. and get downfield. So imagine, you know, a Lamar Jackson next to Alvin Kamara. You know, that, that all, all of a sudden your whole offensive identity has changed. And from a, well, from a passing happy think- team to more of a running team, which could be interesting. We haven't seen that in New Orleans in a long time. Yeah. And don't sleep on Taysom Hill's arm. I mean, it's not the greatest arm you ever see. It's not like Drew Brees. You know, Drew Brees' arm, he was so accurate, probably one of the most accurate quarterbacks you could see. The sports science showed that when he was hitting the uh, archery targets and he hit bullseye 10 out of 10 times. Shows how good Brees was. Taysom Hill can throw the ball, and now you can get the run threat too. And it's going to keep other defense on, like, the other defense on their toes. They're going to be like, what the heck is going on? Like, it's either going to be a pass, run, you know. You, it's, it's good when you have that threat because then the defense has to prepare for everything instead of specific things. Couldn't agree more. Uh, definitely going to be interesting to see what the Saints do there in the NFC South, having to deal with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice, uh, maybe again in the playoffs like they did last year. Um, certainly much to, to look forward to and pay attention to down there in the bayou. Um, so with our time left here, Jim, I thought we'd go through um, the last two teams standing on the uh, clock here in the first round. The two Super Bowl teams from last year, the Chiefs and the Buccaneers, will start it with Kansas City, um, a team that went 14, excuse me, 14 and two last year, but ultimately falling short in the Super Bowl. Um, do you see any areas of potential improvement on this team? Where would you start? So. Where I want to start is shout out Matt Nerger, my man, Chiefs ride or die fan right there. Um, yeah, I mean, every team can improve on something. There's always some improvement. Granted, it's, it's tougher when you're the top of the list on what to improve. It's probably like the little things. I mean, I guess like with Chiefs, you can build a better pass rush to get maybe that D-line built up a little bit. But you know they're they're so on top of their game, and unfortunately their their uh, their bad game came against the Bucks in the Super Bowl. I mean, at that point, I was expecting that this thing would go well over the over. It would hit the over, no doubt. It did not. Big money lost in the Vegas not, on the uh, over under in the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> yeah, the Chiefs did not come out to play that game, and the biggest thing is their defense. I mean. When we talk like fantasy football, their defense is not the uh, the defense you're gonna pick first. So that that's kind of like their Achilles heel. Is I mean they have exciting games, but you know it's a lot of the high scoring games. They're exciting ones. So if they can build up on that defense a little bit, that team. I mean offensively, I think they're set. The probably the best. Yeah, yeah, I think they're the best in the league. Yeah, uh, to go back to the defense, I thought there were you know there were issues. Obviously, issues in the secondary. Um, in that game last year with, uh, you know, that, that end of the first half there with the Buccaneers going down the field, Andy Reid choosing to use his timeouts to try and get the ball back. That ultimately blew up in his face. Um, and just back there in the secondary with Matthew and Breland, you know, making, you know, weird mistakes for guys that have been in the league for a while. So I'd like to see a little bit more discipline on that side of the ball. Um, but to your point, offensively, this is probably the best um, team we've seen um, in quite some time. Uh, it doesn't seem to be stopping anytime soon. Mahomes, fig- we, we can figure he's only going to get better um, as he gets into 
Absolutely. Is, you know, late he's 20s. only gonna get he's only gonna get better. And it's funny because like the defense has the players, the talents there. They just gotta figure it out on the defensive side. And honestly, if you can build more talent to that defense with the already star-studded offense it has, unstoppable. It's gonna not, it it won't be fun to play against Kansas City Chiefs. It'll be fun for the Chiefs fans, not for everyone else. Yeah, certainly a question of uh, how far can they how far can they go? Can they challenge for an undefeated season? Uh, they might have a shot at that this year. Time will tell, but certainly plenty to be happy about in Kansas City, despite the the blowout loss in the Super Bowl last year. And now we get to number thirty-two, the defending Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, led by the head honcho, forty-three-year-old legend. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady II, um, who is gunning for Super Bowl number eight of his career. Just an insane, like, absurd um, number right there. Um, you know, certainly um, people have been talking about the Buccaneers challenging for an undefeated season. Of course, there's another regular season game this year, so instead of 16-0, we're talking about 17-0. Um, but certainly, uh, you have to wonder um, if there are any really glaring um, problems on this team this year. So, yeah, no, I expect big things out of Blaine Gabbert next season. Um, <laughs> Wait, who was the guy no, that um, helped carry Tom off the boat? It wasn't Gabbert. It was, it was Griffin. Who was that? It was Griffin. Griffin, that's right. Griffin. Yo, at least they bought that guy back. They, re- they re-signed him. They re-signed him. At least him. they bought that we guy posted, back. We posted, a, we posted about it on Sports Pub Banter's Facebook site. Go follow if you haven't already followed it. But we posted Always. about it. That's a great signing. That's that that's a that's a true backup right there. That's that's ride or die for the starter. That's amazing. Yeah, what a guy. That's when your quarterback hasn't had a sip of alcohol in fifteen years and you help him like that, that that's a teammate right there. MVP this season is Griffin. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> this team, it's funny because at one point with the Bucks, you're like, who like you're like, oh geez, like they're gonna go nowhere. Because like I mean, they all had to get accustomed to each other. I know what the good thing is about that team. They got accustomed very quickly. They saw struggles early on, and they said, okay, that can't happen. Bruce Arians is a psycho, and I say that in the best way possible. He's a psycho, and he's not going to let the ship sink. He is so determined to be the best at anything he does. Grant, like, let's go back to even with Chuck Pagano when he was coaching um, the Colts, gets cancer. Who steps in? Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians did not let that team fall. And Bruce Arians does, is so determined. He's stuck with this team. Even when they had famous Jameis on there, who started doing awful, he stuck around. He could have taken his ball and go home, but he, he found ways to get this team better. And he was saying all the starters are coming back. And he's a man of his word. And that's a big thing. If you can get that same squad back and – you know, the chemistry will be there, and you just add a little, you know, tools to the, the shed, they're going to be dangerous. And, and I'll be honest with you, they're not as skillful, I think, as the Kansas City Chiefs. I agree. But the, they, they are tough. They, they have, they're probably the toughest team you're going to play when it, out of determination and grit and just going at, at yeah, 100% of the time. So the Buccaneers are the first team to bring all – 22 starters on offense and defense back um, as a defending Super Bowl champion in over 40 years. Uh, when, when I saw that, it kind of blew my mind when, you, when we think about, you know, what free agency looks like now and, you know, everything is very dynamic. You know, there's lots of change every year and nothing is the same as it was the year before. 
So I really, Bruce Arians has shown that he's more than the head coach at this point. He's an executive. And he, the, the, able, when, the fact that he was able to bring those guys back and sell Tampa Bay as a place to, you know, not only play football, but call home and establish your career is, is impressive. Um, and uh, I think it speaks volumes to what they'll be able to do, not only this year, but, you know, two, three, four years down the road. We'll see how long Tommy can play. But uh, I guess he wants to play till he's 50. Who knows? Who knows? And that would be a record, which would be insane. But Bruce Arians is the type of guy that you would run through a brick wall for. You could just tell. And he would do the same for you. He probably ran through a brick wall to show how much he loves his team. That's why they all signed back. <laughs> he got a tattoo for these guys. What was the tattoo again? He got a super. It was a Super Bowl champs tattoo. God. He got it on, what a on guy. his shoulder or something. What a guy. Yeah, he's a he's the type of guy. He is a coach's player, and you want to play for that. He is crazy in every which way, but he loves his team. He always has. He always will. Love. You can just tell he's so he cares so much about his team. How can you not play for a guy like that? And plus, he's so so like great when it comes to the sport of football. Like he just knows how to make things work. Certainly a smart guy. A guy that's. Been around the block a few times, uh, spent many years in Pittsburgh, uh, again, um, you know, Indianapolis, Arizona, and now in Tampa Bay, you know, having having the best years of his career um, in uh, the golden years of, of his life. Um, he's uh, close to 70 years old and, you know, just enjoying life down there in Tampa, and I think he's going to ride this out and see where it takes him. Um, so, yeah, that brings us to the end uh, of the first round, our little... Uh, draft slash offseason uh, preview. Um, certainly lots to look forward to uh, this coming season, Jim. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait for this season to start back up. Uh, expect good stuff out of us. We, uh, we're we working on a vlog right now. We, Me, Harry, and Jack went to a Yankees game. Uh, that will be out soon. I can't give you a date because... I uh, just don't know when it'll be done, but I'll, I'm figuring it out. But, yeah, expect great things coming to football season. Uh, live streams, vlogs, articles, podcasts. We, we have a lot of good stuff coming your way, guys, and I'm excited. Jack, this is a good intro podcast to do. I wish we had Harry, but don't worry. More things to come from him. Uh, like I said, Bobby K, Harry, we love you guys. Go. And but, yeah. This is a good first uh, podcast, uh, Sports Pub Banter. We'd like to thank you. And just always remember, sit back, relax, and let's pub it pub up. Pub it up as always. Jim, thanks for the time. All right. Always good uh, talking football, talking sports, talking life with you, my friend. And uh, join us again soon. Yes, sir. Over and out. Over and out.